0: Welcome to the Lawn Business Podcast. I'm with James Cushing. James, you can say hello. How are you doing? I'm um, well, thanks. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Jim, tell us about your practice. We'll we'll start there.
1: Thanks. Uh you know, I met Anthony way back in college through a mutual friend, Steve, if
0: you remember. There's only one uh, mutual friend?
1: Uh well, I think we, we developed many mutual friends through that, I guess. Um, like, you know, different people there. And uh I have been in practice in Philadelphia since uh 2002. Uh, my practice my 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 office Fay Cohen is a uh, has a sort of claimed the fame as a labor and employment side practice civil rights type of stuff but I am sort of been relegated to a lot of uh, domestic you know family divorce custody support unemployment comp uh, small claims sort of thing. I do a lot of um, land or tenant and, and contract stuff too. Sort of the je- the garden variety every day, real person type stuff, uh, usually
0: plaintiff side. So you're claiming I'm not every day or real person. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I guess not everyone's patenting things every day, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, right,
1: so I've been doing that since about 2002 uh, for the same law practice, which is, sounds crazy to me. Uh, actually, just yesterday uh, was my 12-year anniversary
0: at this office. So well, that's congratulations.
1: Thank you. And, uh, you know, my practice
0: phone at What's that? Do you get a pin? Do you get a frame certificate? I wish
1: I got a gold watch or something, but it was just more of a, <laughs> hey, uh, good, nice going. Thanks for not asking for more money. I you. <laughs> and uh, something like that. And um, so and i've been you know my i've been maintaining a blog which is i think what sort of inspired this this cast but uh it's judicial where uh, I've been writing about uh some copyright infringement issues which I guess you'll get to anthony
0: yeah absolutely i can I can break those down for you I've got all the paperwork up here and and Excellent. what but what you, what you've been talking about is a case called William Roger Dean against James Cameron, 20th Century Fox, Dune Entertainment, blah, 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 and lots of other people who put money behind movies. Who is William Roger Dean?
1: Roger Dean, uh, well, he's usually known as Roger Dean. Uh, in fact, it wasn't until I, I've been a big fan of his for years, and it wasn't until I saw this lawsuit that I knew his name was William. But uh, Roger Dean has stage been around Stage names. For
0: about is, is, aren't they wonderful? What's that? I said stage names. They're wonderful.
1: That's right, yeah. He goes by his middle name. Um, so Roger Dean, I, I, he's been around as, a, as an artist, as a surrealist artist, for I would say 45 years. Um, his claim the same is writing, his, uh, doing art for uh, album covers mainly, although he's done some other things on... Television movies and, and architecture, but his main his main uh, I think uh, art art va- uh, uh, avenue is going to be album covers for rock bands. So he's uh, been the primary artist for the band Yes, the Prague uh, progressive rock band Yes. He's done their logo and many many album covers for them and their stage set design. And and but he's also done what's that?
0: I, I was going to say you're you're a big Yes fan. I'm a huge. Yes you're fan, allowed. Right, you're I'm, allowed to admit this here. <laughs> and I
1: was going to say, nowadays in 2014, there's there's very few small Yes fans anymore. It's people who have been carrying the flame for a long time. And uh, yeah, I've been sort of obsessive about them for a long, long time. Uh, much, much to my wife's chagrin, I've seen them 20 times and... You know, and met met some of the guys and gone to festivals and stuff. So, yeah, nowadays, yes, fans it's sort of like Star Trek fans, where we have our own conventions and festivals, and it, it, you know, we all got, know each it's other. Kind of,
0: kind of like like Bruce Springsteen fans. You know, like Bruce Springsteen fans can recite the the the, the thirty eight times that they've seen Bruce Springsteen to the day. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's very similar, the right? Set list yeah, list down. Right.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I would say Yes fans, but also the genre of progressive rock is like that. It's, all, it's a very somewhat small community anymore. And uh, so anyway, so he, would get, he did Yes It Covers. He did, uh, in the 80s, he did Asia Covers, the band uh, Supergroup Asia, uh, some Uriah Heep, uh, Gentle Giant, other groups. And uh, so he, he has a very distinct style with the sort of floating islands and surrealist sort of uh, architectures, art, you know, landscapes and so on. And uh I think his his work has been done in movies before uh but he and he's never really taken action. I'm sure you're familiar with the movie Galaxy Quest. Of course. Yeah, right. There's a scene in that movie where they all go into a uh, a star base that looks like uh like a rock formation in the shape of like a teardrop. It's a, I don't know if you ever remember that scene.
0: Not but that was a direct. Right, but, that, but that's okay, you right? Keep, that, keep going.
1: That, that, there's a picture. I have. A, I think that picture is linked on my blog somewhere, in one of those things about Roger Dean. But anyway, so that was ripped right off of uh, Yes songs, which is a live album for Yes. But Roger Dean didn't sue over that because it was one minor scene. But I think when he saw James Cameron's movie uh, uh, Avatar, he saw that movie and was instead of said, "Well, this whole movie is my my artwork," and that, I think that inspired the lawsuit. Um, Because I've met, as an aside, I've met Roger Dean several times. Um, He doesn't know me, (laughs) don't get me wrong, but I've met him. um, uh, Because there used to be this thing called the Northeastern Art Rock Festival. That was the annual thing for about 12, 13 years in in Lehigh County, uh, Pennsylvania, that I went to every single year, practically. And he was almost always the artist in residence. So every, every year I'd come in with my truckload of stuff for him to sign. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he did. And he sold me some artwork which is now hanging in my law office right Excellent. now. So So Your I wife asked, wouldn't you know, allow that so at home,
0: would she? That has to hang
1: What's up. that?
0: <laughs> Your wife wouldn't No, allow no,
1: that. yeah, the, the spare artwork is sort of, you know, lodged somewhere in an attic somewhere. <laughs> but you know. The rest of it is here in my office. And uh, you know, so I, I you know, I talked to him about his artwork being used in, in media and I think Avatar is what he said, you know, that that was just too much for him to take, I think.
0: I, I I hear you well. By the way, as an aside, did you know that Phil Hartman started as a record uh, al- album cover designer
1: from Saturday Night Live? Yeah. No, I yeah. had
0: no idea. What was, um, his probably his most famous <laughs> probably his most famous one is the Crosby, Stills, Nash cover with the uh, Celtic uh, knot.
1: I had no idea. Now I'm in front of a computer, so I'm going to Google that and you know, just make sure. <laughs>
0: you're allowed you're absolutely allowed i'm in front of the computer too so um yeah so roger dean sued james cameron 20th century fox and basically all the companies that put money into um into avatar and his basic theory or his lawyer's basic theory because let's be honest this isn't his theory (laughs) Right, <laughs> Jim and I both know we we tell our clients what the theory what the legal theory is the clients don't make it up themselves um and and by the way, I'm sure Jim understands those who do make it up themselves are generally pretty wrong but um <laughs> that's exactly
1: right, I and mean, that's there's a reason why uh we studied the law right I mean... <laughs> um
0: in this particular case uh what you said i i think comes through in the complaint and and in then the amended complaint roger dean had to uh, roger dean had to amend his complaint in this particular suit and the overall theory is that he is suing because this planet in in the movie avatar looked a lot like his paintings And that's really what he was going at, that there were, I I had it right up here. I'm trying to, um, oh, I had it up and now I've lost it. Um, But talking about um, floating islands, uh, talking about um, the mountains, the arches, uh, what the trees look like. And and, uh, from that particular, what'd you say?
1: There's a dragon in there too
0: okay uh and so the thinking is that and there are pictures and I don't know that we can uh, maybe I can link to these pictures somehow uh, when I when I post this but
1: um, yeah uh, Anthony one of my blog posts I think you, you've got it I have a series of pictures of them comparing right next to each other okay of movie and Dean stuff
0: sure I have that I have I have it up because it's in the it's in the final order of the case so I see a a floating mountain and uh, um, and i see floating trees and i uh, you know and i see a lot of that as well and i see the dragons as as well and in in this particular case the theory is that i did floating mountains i did dragons i did trees and i'm looking at this movie that says floating mountains floating trees dragons and uh, it's got to be from my, um, you know, has to be infringing upon my particular copyright, and, and I can certainly, from an artist standpoint, see that. Um, I, you know the one the one thing that thought that just popped into my mind it, it it reminds me a little bit, but I'll show you why it's not quite analogous later on. To the George Harrison suit, are, are you familiar with the George Harrison copyright? infringement suit from the 70s?
1: I don't think so, but maybe. Okay, so... I I just, I just IM'd you the, uh, some photos on your Facebook, by the way. Perfect,
0: thank you. And uh, George Harrison was sued uh, by the copyright holder at the time of um, a song called He's So Fine, and it was for my sweet Lord. And... At the time george harrison's uh, lawyers argued uh, when i mean this got to the Supreme Court george harrison's lawyers argued well, he grew up in the fifties this song probably was on the radio when he grew up and or not you know not i shouldn 't say grew up in the fifties, but he was listening obviously to the radio in the fifties he was performing in the fifties this song he 's so fine was popular then and he probably heard it and at that point it's uh, he didn't know he was copying and the supreme court basically said that that's not your mental state is not really a reason to avoid copyright infringement in this particular case they lined up the chords. They lined up the structure. They lined up the melody and the music. And, and musicologist after musicologist, and of course, you know, expert witnesses are paid by each side to say what they, uh, you know, are to, to say what they are saying in court. So there is always a little distrust of an expert witness, but still, the expert witnesses lined everything up and said, "Look at how similar it is. It, it, it has to because of the chord structure, because of the." Melody because of the harmony, it, it's it's so much like the original song that he copied. So, we—I'm ha- sure the opposing uh, expert said, "I don't know what you're talking about. These these two things cannot be more <laughs> dissimilar." <laughs> of course, um, yeah. But here, in this particular case, the Supreme Court said there's no mental aspect of copyright law. You either copy it or you don't. And whether or not you meant to copy something doesn't excuse you from infringing upon somebody else's copyright. And so we have this amorphous idea in copyright law and it's something that a lot of people come up to me and, and, and ask me about. Do you need 10 percent? Do you need 5 percent? I, what point is there copyright infringement? And we have another series of cases that the Supreme Court kind of shrugs their shoulders and says, every case is different. It's based upon facts. And I don't know. And isn't that lovely? The Supreme Court saying, I don't know.
1: Well, it doesn't give us a whole lot of guidance, I guess.
0: <laughs> no, and so we don't have we don't have a lot of guidance. There are times when an infinite amount of uh, use of a senior work is acceptable, and there are times when an infinitesimal amount of a senior work is not acceptable. So it's about the originality. It's about if if something else is used. It's about mental state, and we kind of take all this and we put it in a blender. In this, but in,
1: you know. In their defense, though, how do you how do you uh, put into words or quantify similarity in an art in a piece of artwork, for example? How, how do you do that besides saying, "Oh, well, I know it when I see it," to quote another famous Supreme Court phrase? <laughs> well,
0: since since that that particular phrase isn't going to to uh, work its way in in here, thankfully, but the yeah. idea in copyright law and the court's final decision because the court dismissed this case. Hits the nail on the head, which is that there are ideas, and there are expressions of ideas, and the idea itself. And I think this is this is probably where the pleading really did lack, even even in the amended pleading. The pleading really talks about things like. The floating mountains, the floating trees, the dragons. And it really gave the court a lot of leeway to come out and say, well, floating mountains are not all that uh, original. And it allowed the court to say, a tree that's growing up in the sky is not all that original. So you're able to take this idea so an idea itself is not is not protectable and that we know it's the expression of the idea and so the question is is does the expression does this as the court says mise-en-scène of avatar take from the original work and Maybe
1: you could ex- help explain the difference between idea and expression. So if I were an artist and I came up with the idea of you know, arches coming out of a ceiling or floating in the sky, that's my idea. So, but that, I can't copyright that, is what you're saying.
0: Well, exactly. When you have, when you have this particular idea, you can <laughs> take it and, and put it on a medium. And I don't care if the medium is a computer file, a canvas, a piece of paper, or your wall – and there's, there's an expression that can fall under copyright law.
1: Because I think most people would put more value on Maybe that's where the confusion lies in, in all the responses I've seen on the Yes websites to this. But, you know, it was his
0: idea. Sure. It's, it's, it, it, it certainly was his idea to take a mountain and, and, and have it floating in there. However... The other issue is who else is making this, and this was something that that the court also discusses. The court discusses, um, um, you know, works that uh, are, are similar to uh, to uh, Roger Dean's works, and that um, it's really the ability to show that this floating island is similar to you know the the plaintiff's floating island for example so you'd have to show that the colors are are the same you'd have to and, and ultimately the court is saying that you have to plead this that you have to plead that um, the colors are the same that the angle's the same that the um, overall look is taken from the original work and the court's Basically saying there are so many ideas of things like dinosaurs on a prehistoric island far from mainland, you know, far from the mainland. I mean, that's nothing new and that can be found in many fantasy stories. So um, that's really where the court is breaking it down and showing the difference between, okay, you have a dragon and and these guys have a dragon but but how can you how can you say that this particular dragon design is taken from your design when we have dragon designs all throughout history?
1: So what then becomes of the value of the copyright if it's if it's that specific design then you really the copyright is very seems to be extremely narrow.
0: Sometimes it is. And, and I think yeah. that's that's part of, I, I would say, the flexibility of copyright law. Okay. On on one hand, uh, we're protecting art. So somebody creates a, a a visual work, and we're able to protect it. And if somebody creates something new, like maybe a new robot or maybe there's something special about a dragon i i you know i don't know what would be special about a dragon in today's world also because we've seen dragons with wings dragons without wings dragons that fly dragons that don't i don't know a three-horned dragon is that going to be special enough i don't really know i think we've seen a a dragon that looks like sean connery in in a terrible fantasy movie but um it's 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 hard to say what's going to make something special. Maybe it's a special robot design. You know, there's something that I think maybe we can we can be very flexible about because we've seen robots that look human, robots that don't look human. Uh, you know, we can talk about Rosie from the Jetsons, we can talk about your typical fifty sci-fi robot, we can talk about uh the Terminator, you know, and, and or Terminator 2, <laughs> you know. We can talk about right. how Mecha- you know, you know, something mechanical looks, and what those particular differences are. So from that standpoint, I think the, I, the look is the expression. Whereas for settings in a fantasy world, we're probably, yeah, not looking at stuff that's all that original in its expression. And, and that's really, that's really something like, for example, the court here says stone arches and most of the plaintiff's artworks are relatively smooth and set in barren land or seascapes, you know, and so we're looking at stuff that's not, um, you know we're looking at stuff that i think we've seen before and then but then it actually makes the comparison stuff in Jag avatars jagged uneven overgrowth with trees and moss and set in a photo
1: Anthony, you uh, you uh, went out you went in and out there a couple times there
0: okay sorry about that um i'm just yeah, I
1: missed the last like 2 minutes
0: sure sure not a problem but really <laughs> what i was um you know what i was saying is that the particular ideas themselves are not all that protectable unlike you know unlike if if we're trying to look at at robots but then what the court does the court decides to drill down a little bit and say all right so all you did was you pleaded that your ideas are copied and not your particular expression and then the court said let me look at your expression and when the court looked at the actual expression, the court found plenty of differences. For example, the stone arches in the plaintiff's artworks are smooth, whereas in the movie Avatar, it's jagged and, and uneven. And, um, you know, any of the trees found on a uh, plaintiff's artwork doesn't look like the trees in in, in Avatar. So, so they took the drilling down at least one level, To say, look, even even if you're to sit there and and re-plead this again, the court didn't see any way of showing that the expressions are similar. So the key here, I think, in copyright law is that the idea is, again, not necessarily protectable. It's about the expression. And then if you're going into court, you really need to sit there and in your pleadings, discuss the expressions and how they're similar
1: i saw in the the first complaint there were many more defendants and many more claims but most of those sort of fell by the wayside when he amended it I, i guess that the copyright was the strongest of of the weak claims that he had
0: i i think that's i think that's an accurate statement yeah absolutely i think that's accurate
1: now, I, I don't know if this is directly relevant, but, you know, is there a time when you can protect an idea? I mean, is that a concept in intellectual property? You know, you, at some point you have an idea that this, this thing is my idea and i want to keep this sort of like a patent or something?
0: Well, uh, patents protect a- a- an invention. And while <laughs> I know that we've probably read plenty of ridiculous stories about patents that have been granted, if if you're not able to make a prototype, at the very least, then then a patent isn't going to be protecting too much, even though you know we don't. Even though I haven't touched patent law in in many years, uh, that certainly is still a key to patent law. You have to be able to, you know, it's an invention, so you have to be able to make it. Um, in this particular, you know, in this particular instance, with your question, I, I would say the answer is no. Now, I will say. That contract law is probably going to help you here. So if you have an idea, like maybe a new business idea or a new process for you know creating something, if there's something there that's nebulous, that doesn't fit any other kind of intellectual property law, if you're going to disclose it to other people, I'd say your best bet there is to get a non disclosure agreement because hmm. that confidentiality is going to help you treat it as what we call a trade secret. So you have to set up that confidentiality, but more importantly, actually, than setting up the confidentiality, is setting up how it's a secret. So whether it's something that's password protected on one computer, or it's sitting in a safe or only two people know about it and there are high penalties for disclosing it. If, if there's an idea that can't be substantiated otherwise, then I would say that's how you have to do it. You really have to do it as a trade secret, but you start it by by contract and making parties agree to behavior to not disclose the secret.
1: Now, I saw in the judge's opinion i mean I, I don't practice copyright law, so I'm sort of reading it as a semi uh, intelligent person uh, but I, I was I was looking at it he made some comment about uh, Roger Dean presenting evidence of uh people's impressions of the movie as evidence that it was there was ideas stolen, but and the judge didn't seem to think that was particularly persuasive because I will tell you that you know when the movie came out when I was at Prog rock festivals and the various websites I peruse and Facebook pages I look at. I mean, there was a chorus of yes fans saying, "Oh, this is clearly ripping off Roger Dean. This is, you know, this this is a you know huge injustice to the prog rock community or whatever." <laughs> I mean, and uh, but, he, but the judge doesn't seem to think that that other people's impressions of the work are, are are of that dispositive.
0: Yeah, I'm not really surprised that the judge shrugged that off. It, it, it's to me. Well, one, from an evidentiary standpoint, it feels a little like hearsay to me. So I right. don't know that it would be necessarily admitted unless there was some kind of scientific poll of yes fans that, that were taken. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I mean okay. right. I mean so you, from,
1: can't, you can't have random people's opinions as 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 evidence. I mean.
0: Exactly. And uh, so I think that's that's one one particular issue. But but from a, from another standpoint, if the judge is, if the judge is is looking at the pleadings and then looks at the evidence and has already you know made up his or her mind, I I I don't know what necessarily what your experience is, but m- my experience is that when it comes to intellectual property, a lot of judges have have made up their minds pretty quickly and don't really want to – and don't really look at at everything particularly. But I find with intellectual property law, not that not that cases are more simple because I think the concepts are more foreign to people who don't work in intellectual property all the time, but sometimes it's maybe a wish to get a complex case out of here, <laughs> if I can be a little cynical about going into the courtroom. Um, well –
1: I don't think that's altogether on inaccurate. You know, the, the judges often try to find the 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 path of least resistance in right. deciding a case. And,
0: and and I think and I think here, it's really self-serving. You know, to have a bunch of fans say, "Well, of course it's ripped off," <laughs> and and I'm not surprised that a judge would just kind of ignore that. Uh, I I probably would too, and I probably wouldn't have have ever mentioned it. To be honest with you, but but well, I'll, a certain
1: amount of confirmation bias, right? I guess.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But but I'll tell you, I was I was in federal court earlier this year on a trademark infringement suit, and sitting in in mediation to um to to hopefully settle the case, the magistrate judge says to me, "It's not that I find your motion to dismiss frivolous." but I really don't like it. <laughs> and I don't really think that you guys have a defense here.
1: <laughs> well, at least he's honest and straightforward, right? He was very honest
0: and straightforward. Exactly correct. Uh, I was in me Look, I'm in mediation to settle a case. I, that, that's why I agreed to mediation, because I figured that settling the case... Believe it or not, the plaintiff did not want to mediate the plaintiff wanted to keep keep plugging forward, and and I I uh, I insisted in in a not a letter to the judge, but in a, in a required uh, pre hearing filing that mediation would be proper and it would help settle the case. And sitting uh, sitting in the hearing, in the first hearing, the judge you know says, "Mr. Verna, stand up." Yes, Your Honor you look like a person who would like to settle this case. <laughs> I said, yes, your honor, I would. Good. We're going to have mediation. <laughs> what a coincidence. What'd you say?
1: said, so what a coincidence. That is exactly the kind of first time. <laughs> um.
0: Exactly. So I, I, I'm not surprised, You know, getting back to your question, that the judge kind of shrugged it aside for various reasons, whether it's legal or practical or cynical, you know.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, unfortunately, when you have sometimes in that situation, I'm, I'm assuming that the judge is doing you a, a, something of a favor, saying, you know, I, I don't know how far this will go in trial, but let's see if we can, fix, you know, avoid needless litigation by by mediation. And sometimes the clients doesn't, don't necessarily appreciate that favor they're doing you, as opposed to just dismissing your claim outright.
0: Right. Well, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't out to. To how can I say this without um, right. with, without giving away any, anything that might be confidential? I I wasn't being a bulldog just to be a bulldog. I I did it thinking that that there would be a chance of having the plaintiff file new pleadings in this particular case, but ultimately. If it's going to cost you X to settle the case and it's going to cost you twenty X or forty X to you know set to, to take this all the way, well, why wouldn't you just pay X? And sure. and that's kind of that's kind of the thinking that I had. Was that I, I I wanted to try to get into the mediation. That was really my goal from the beginning with that particular case, and and so we we settled. But if we had to litigate, I, I was going to do it with with a motion to dismiss. It's the the key with, and this was something that I. One case that my partner discovered in writing that motion to dismiss was a case by uh, Judge Sweet, I believe was is is his name. And he still is sitting in the Southern District of New York. And at this point, he's he's in his 80s. So he's in that judicial part time program. And he talks about when you in intellectual property, you really need to discuss the plaintiff's intellectual property the defendant's intellectual property, the infringement, the similarities, and the harm. And you need to link it all together. And you really need to be complete about it. And that's going to be true, regardless if you're in a patent case, a trademark case, a copyright case, or or some other uh, form of intellectual property. You really need to discuss yours, theirs, the copying, the harm, and the damages. And you got to link it all together. And I think in this particular case, getting back to getting back to the to the reason why we're, we're talking here, the pleadings don't necessarily do that. And if you're in a copyright infringement case, I really think you need to say, here's the plaintiff's work, here's the defendant's work, and here's where the similarities lie. And another case that just popped into my head that I remember reading years ago, although I haven't picked it up in a long time, is uh, one that was fil- filed against uh, I, I, George Lucas, but I forget if at the time it was LucasArts or LucasFilm. And it was against the producers of the original Battlestar Galactica and talking about the similarities between Star Wars Wars and Battlestar Galactica. And the court, in its final opinion, because it went to a federal appeals court, I think it was the Ninth Circuit in California, and in it, that's exactly how the court wrote its opinion. Here are all the similarities. And it went one, two, three, four, and, and it just listed them all. And it got from the general to the specific. And so I think in, in dealing with intellectual property lawsuits, that's where the beginning has to lie. Tie everything together and be as specific as you can in the complaint. That might sound, uh, for, for people who practice law, that might sound maybe a little too specific in your pleadings when you file the complaint in the lawsuit. But I think that's really good advice.
1: Well, I wonder in this case, you know, uh, presuming that Roger Dean, you know, he, he's a, he's somewhat of a celebrity, so I'm sure he can afford a decent lawyer. And I wonder if they did the best they could with the material that they had. Right? I mean, you can't, you can't turn a pleading into something you don't have. Right. So I agree with you. I agree with you. you know, and, and, it, and what you're saying, see, at least it seems like what you're saying, is that even the, the court you know did, did, did gave him the benefit of the doubt and actually did look at the pictures and compared them for him and said, you know, even if you were to amend this complaint, you could not amend it in such a way that would even lead to a, a cognizable case as it is. Absolutely. Because the, the alternative oftentimes for motions to dismiss or summary judgment is that the court will say, you know, and maybe, I don't know if this is like it's always in copyright, but it's certainly in civil law where the courts will sometimes say, you know, you've you, you a pretty bad complaint here, but there's, there's, there's nuggets of something in there you could turn into something. So we'll let you have an opportunity to amend it one more time uh, because you might be able to turn it into something. And the judge seemed to say, in this case, you know, there's no sense in that because no matter what you do, there's,
0: there's still nothing here. I agree with it's you. Worth, 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 yeah. I agree with you. So. I was just trying to think of, you know, getting to the bigger ideas. Here, but I, I do agree. Yeah, with I, I do agree with you
1: on that. Uh, although, uh, yeah, it, it seems sort of it seems sort of uh, you know obvious that you, part, part of, of the job, job of the of the attorney is is to, is to connect dots, right? Every the dots are out there, and I think I think part of our job is to say, you know, here here's how you get from point A, which is what I believe to be a you know something that damaged me, to point to, to point B, which is this is how much it damaged me, to point C, and now it's this person's fault or whatever it is. You know, it's part of our job is to link those 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 things together in a story that that's sensible and cognizable in some way. Uh, generally speaking, so I think in this case, you're saying you know the, the 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 complaint that Roger Dean filed was somewhat deficient in one of those one of those ways, and perhaps he couldn't have been. I, I don't know if he could have done it better or not, but that's that's the way it was.
0: Well, you, the, you know, they already they already filed their amendment as well, so. You get you get. You mean, what they mean? I mean, after the motion to dismiss was uh, done. Well, they filed. They filed their complaint and then they filed an amended right. complaint. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. So they already they already had their second chance, uh, and and I'm never in state court, and certainly you and I are are licensed in radically different states, so <laughs> I I don't I don't ever sit in in state court, so I'm not. Too familiar with with how it feels in state court, but in federal court, I will tell you: if you don't get it right the second time, you're out the door.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure. State courts, at least in Pennsylvania, it's a little different. I mean, it all depends on whether an answer was filed and, and whether a summary judgment was filed and so on. But you know, if in in Pennsylvania at least, if someone files a complaint in the uh, in the state court and the defendant files preliminary objections, you know, you can file an amended complaint. I've done it several times. And at some point the defendant can simply file to request the final form of the complaint because you can't do that you can't have that dance forever. Exactly. Right where you
0: exactly. I will never forget my first time in (laughs) excuse me, in federal court here in the Southern District of New York, where Judge Berman looked at both sides and said, This is America, everybody gets a motion to dismiss, but if you're going to be amending That's your, this is your second time. So if the motion to dismiss is granted, you're out the door. So, because the party was voluntarily amending. So, you know, he he basically said, when you file that amendment, that's, that's it. You're getting your, you, you know, you've given up the right for them to complain. It's already your second chance. If they're still right, you're out the door. So it, 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 Federal court, I, I will say what I've liked about my my federal court practice is that it's no nonsense. Uh, as as opposed to what I hear from my New Jersey colleagues, my New York colleagues. Um, I, I think I, I, I hear a lot of no nonsense, um, except for the people who do criminal law, where all I hear about is motions and filings and delays and, and all sorts of. Well, I do family
1: work, so it's all nonsense. (laughs) Practically. Motion practice and pleadings is is a secondary to like, you know, whether you can make someone cry, I guess, but, you know, it's, you know, being an adult for when adults cannot be (laughs) adults.
0: I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that particular comment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Anyway, Jim, I, I hope that I was able to shed some light on this particular case, and I know that you've got work to do, I've got work to do, so I don't want to take up more of your time.
1: I appreciate the opportunity to, to discuss it. It's uh, Yes, there's always something I like to talk about, and gene art is pretty close. I've,
0: I've, I've noticed that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, onwards and upwards, and uh, we'll see.
0: All right, Jim, sounds good. You have a wonderful... Uh, afternoon and how can people get in touch with you if they Oh
1: want? just so we know they, they, Roger Dean has another 25 or whatever days to appeal this so this oh. might not be the end of the story Yeah
0: I you know obviously that's that's his choice if if he would like to appeal or not and I'm I'm sure he has enough money to do that so I wouldn't be all that surprised I'm not too sure that it would be all that successful so maybe he won't I don't know but it doesn't. To me, it doesn't feel like it's all that, um, all that egregious of a decision. To be honest with you, but no, yeah, right. Could, but you know, appeal. like
1: he's there. He's gonna. He probably has enough money and retainer to file a notice and at least give it a go, right? I mean, no sense. Absolutely,
0: not, and 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 certainly, what's what circuit court you you get to go to, and in this particular case, you're going from New York to the Second Circuit, may influence that particular decision. Uh, the Second Circuit is a, a highly regarded uh, circuit with judges that handle complex intellectual property all the time. Uh, I, I'm sure you're familiar with the Christian Louboutin, you know, trademark case with the red Souls and whether or not it's, you know, that's an acceptable trademark or not. And it's it's sitting in the Second Circuit and. It's 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 something that my my partner and I argue about often because I say it should be a valid trademark and she disagrees. But anyway, the Second Circuit is known for handling complex intellectual property, so maybe maybe you know maybe the lawyers are saying, "Hey, let's go for it." So yeah, there's still plenty of time to appeal.
1: Right. Uh, to answer your question, how to find me? Uh, my as you said at the beginning, my name is James W. Cushing. <laughs> although my friends call me Jim, and uh, you can email me at jwc at com or find me at www.fayrivacohen.com. It's F-A-Y-E-R-I-V-A cohen. com, and uh, of course I keep a blog where I talk about Roger Dean, yes, and law and other sort of stuff. Uh, at uh, right, at judicial passed. support, <laughs> that's right. At uh, that's uh, yeah, at support and uh, if he files an appeal, that will be on my blog. So be on the lookout.
0: Alrighty, sir. Thanks very much for coming, and and I know that everybody listening knows I'm Anthony Verna. I'm a partner at Kravitz and Verna PLLC, and you can reach me either at kravitzverna.com, spell it like Lenny Kravitz since we're on the musical theme, or you could reach okay. me at vernalaw.com. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks Anthony. Talk to you later, Jim. bye you, bye.